<clears throat> I'm reading. Okay. Getting ready to play the music. Here we go. I think what we should also do faster is perhaps in the last, the closing minutes. Okay. Uh, I think we should do a prayer just um, because we're busy with Yahweh's work and um, so the clarity to spot the people spot your own. Amen. So, I think it would, would be good to, to pray about this as well. I agree. Right, hold on, Pastor. The music is still playing. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Christian Israelites all over the world, all those who love truth and justice and who want to see this world in peace instead of pain and suffering. Welcome to Eurofolk Radio. This is the voice of Christian Israel. Today is April 9th, 2023, and we do have our usual co-host, Pastor David Martins, with us. How are you today, David? Good evening, Pastor Eli, and also good evening to all our listeners across the globe. Yes, very well here in uh, the southern, very close to the southern tip of Africa, um, in the good old Cape. Very well, <laughs> Pastor. We've had a few days of cloud, cloudy weather. Uh, at least we had some rain overnight and um, a beautiful um, autumn in, in the area where we are at the moment. Cool days and uh, cool nights. You know that uh, Superman wore a red cape, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, so the man in the the man in the red cape could be South Africa, or as I I'm going to start calling it Borland, because that's really what we're going to be talking about. Because Borland, namely the nation of your people, the Boers who are of German extraction and a couple other Israelite nations, uh, do represent one of the most strongest and um, faithful contingents of Christian Israel in the world today. Okay? Yes, so... uh, Okay, uh, I'm also... We're also simulcasting... Yeah, go ahead. On Telegram. Go ahead. Uh, Pastor... In, in South Africa, amongst the Boers, uh, it would most probably uh, be um, more authenticated if we speak about the, the people who identify as Boers who have rediscovered their true identity as n- not as Christian identity, but rather as um, the, the truth seekers or the, uh, as we say in Afrikaans, uh, the Varite Sukkers and uh, yeah. uh, uh, in in South Africa or amongst the Boers, there are various Israelite groups, and um, the the uh, the um, animosity amongst these Israelite groups uh, is is very evident, and there's a reason for that, and. Um, I don't want to make that the subject of the discussion, but at least there is a lot of animosity amongst the various so-called Israelite groups, and uh, I'll explain yes. that at some stage as to why there is this animosity. Right, and, well, uh, it, yes. It's, it's clear if, if one understands the uh, true history. Yes, so the article that I posted in, in the uh, chat room here is, who are the two witnesses in the Bible, Okay. And uh, it's an interesting article. I'll just kind of give a quick summary before we actually delve into the subject here. Uh, And uh, Lily brought this up with me after our show this morning, and I decided this is really a good topic 
because uh, there's uh, much, much uh, information here. And I think we can come to a very close understanding of who the two witnesses are. First of all, this article says, There are three primary theories on the identity of the two witnesses in Revelation. One, Moses and Elijah. Two, Enoch and Elijah. And three, two unknown believers whom God calls to be his witnesses in the end times. Okay, so let me say right off the bat, and uh, I can pose this as a question to you also, Pastor Martins. I don't believe it's two individuals. I believe that the two witnesses represent the house of Israel and the house of Judah, mm-hmm. or or some combination of those two. So what are your thoughts? Over to you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pastor, here is very interesting. If one ponders on this, one will realize that it would be two um, uh, two groups of people or two individuals of uh, in the, uh, initially no or zero um, uh, uh, prominence, but who rapidly rises to prominence in the given in time. Yes, and I have reason to believe. I have reason to believe that they are uh, at least, or uh, can identify at least one group of this uh, uh, in this particular category of rising to particular prominence in terms of the spiritual state of a yes. nation. Yes, the okay. are currently busy re- uh, rediscovering their true identity. And so I, yeah. um, to this end, um, as you know, we've we've had um, various at various instances over the past three four years um, times of humbling and times of um, uh, 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 laying ourselves before Yahweh's throne in terms of going back to the good and and. Uh, the, the the path that Father Yahweh had set out before us and before our forefathers, and that had been where they had gone astray, and we yeah. are busy rediscovering our true identity, our true roots, our true history, and of course our true faith in the one and true, the only Almighty Elohim, Father Yahweh. Yes. Well, I think the uh, key word you mentioned there is nations that it represents not two individuals, but two nations. So why don't you tell us which nations you believe they are? Um, Pastor Eli, what I am seeing busy happening amongst the Boers is a fervent desire to return to Father Yahweh's laws, his... uh, instructions, his commands, and his um, um, his ways, uh, exactly as it has been prophesied in the book of Deuteronomy 28. I can see the Boer's history laid out in Deuteronomy 28. Yes. And that the things that had befallen the Boers was because of their uh, um, ancestors, the Boer's ancestors, whom, of course, were uh, from emanated from Germany and the, uh, the Prussian Republic, um, which uh, uh, of course was the one can say the site of amalgamation of the twelve tribes that have gone into um, uh, dispersion. Uh, dispersion. Okay. Um, into Europe. Yes. And, and um, the 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 important thing is that though the Boers have been uh, degraded, degraded down to the point where they have lost total uh, say in the two uh, the, the two lands that the, the two okay. republics that the Boers had. Yes, they lost total control, okay. total input and and Stop. authority over the two republics. Of course, inundated okay. by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Okay, stop right there. Stop right there, because what you just said is one of the marks of what happens to the two witnesses in the context of the little book. 
because the little book and the two witnesses are in the same chapter of the book of Revelation. And it says for three and a half years, the, uh, the witnesses would be silenced or they would be buried in the street or no, they would be laid out in the street and people would be running around mocking them. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? The Boer people have been thrown into the streets vis-a-vis their, uh, their Edomite neighbors and have been mocked. They have been silenced. Today, all of Christianity yeah. is being mocked and silenced by, guess who? <laughs> the Edomites worldwide. Christians are being persecuted everywhere on the planet of the earth. They are being silenced. That's the significance of the, uh, the two witnesses being thrown out into the street and being silenced. Okay? So, what, what I Pastor, said to you, go ahead. There's just, something that, there's just something that needs to be said. Okay. I know you are standing for Christian identity. Yes. However, Judea Christianity does not form part of this definition whatsoever. Oh, no, I Judea agree. Judea Christianity is Calvinism, is churchianity, is yes. uh, everything which the Edomites have uh, yes. uh, contort, not contorted, created as a false identity, as a yes. false uh, mockery of what the house of Jacob was supposed Amen. to be. Amen. And I totally agree with what you just said. However, what we're seeing, the aim of our enemy, namely the Edomites, is to get to destroy us. Those are, those who are the remnant of true Christianity, The, of course, the the wise virgins who have not let their oil run out. Okay, the word oil is going to be important here as well. And so what's happening today, you've probably heard about the news of these. There have been four recent shootings in America. In one case, it was a transgender it. (laughs) Uh, By the way, I'm going to be referring to these transgender people from now on as newts, N-E-U-T, standing for the word neuter, because they have been neutered. And I don't want to memorize 57 varieties of transgender, you know, uh, non-entities, you know, binaries. I'm not interested in remembering their pronouns. I'm going to call them newts from now on because they have been neutered both physically and mentally. Okay. So uh, what you just said is absolutely true. But they're going after all of Christianity, good or bad, because they want to eliminate us, the last of the two witnesses. All right. Okay, so uh, saying to what you just said, the last of the two witnesses are America, the United States of America, as one of the great Christian nations. In fact, America was founded as a Christian nation. And Borland, because your people have been standing up for Christian identity just as strongly as the Christian identities of America. So I think that's a really good uh, answer to who are the two witnesses? Your comment, um, Pastor. Yes, um, actually, there's quite a bit to say about all of this. If one looks at the um, the creation of Christianity, at the uh, as it was uh, by by uh, Caesar um, Constantine uh-huh. in the year three twenty five. It creates a total new angle to the whole argument of what we are saying in, in, in terms of what is the truth. If one looks at what is so-called the anti-Nicene fathers, which the Christianity, especially Calvinism, um, yeah. and also the English churches like the Church of England, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, they are... Uh, going back to what they deem to be the uh, creation of the uh, of Christianity, the the grassroots of Christianity. Yes. And if one looks at at what they call the anti-Nicene fathers in Afrikaans, it's called the Kerk fathers. If you read what their statements are you will see that they continuously refer to the Talmud. Right. I am not interested in the anti-Nasian fathers. I am interested in the pre-Nasian believers right. whom were called the Nazarenes. 
Right, okay. And those are the ones that I those are the right. ones that were persecuted by the Roman before even Catholicism. Catholicism wasn't started by the Messiah himself. No. Catholicism was created or started around about 487, 488 uh, after the birth of the Messiah. By the papacy. And, yeah. Um, so the Roman Catholic Church emanated out of the, um, the, the state religion yes. that was created by Constantine. Yeah, yeah. Not and out not, of, okay. Not the, the Roman Catholic, even, even Constantine didn't know about the Roman Catholic Church. That's right, that's right. But here, that brings us uh, back to the point, to whom was the Old Testament delivered? The house of Yasharel, as you can, house of Israel, and the house, house of Judah, house of Israel, house of Judah. There's your two witnesses again. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So, and and the beauty, go ahead. And the beauty of it, Pastor, is that um, the claims that we've made so far is um, there is witness to this, testimony to this. Also in the prophets, in the book of Zephaniah, okay, it still clearly states. It clearly states about um, Yahweh's people on beyond the rivers of uh, Cush. Yes, have you read that? Oh yeah, it's a, and, and uh, yeah, uh, the river of Egypt, right? Uh, the Egyptian Cush, and and. Aha. I'm glad you mentioned the Egyptian Kush, something which goes very, um, very uh, 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 strongly with that. Uh, I just want to get it in the book of Deuteronomy. I think it's Deuteronomy 29. I just want to get hold of it where Father Yahweh says via Moses that in the end of days, he will again gather his people and take them. By boats, you right. will return them to Egypt. Now, in those days, in, even in the days of the Messiah, the whole of Africa was known as Egypt. Right. That's right. Why would Father Yahweh say he would take his people back to Egypt <laughs> if it is within a few days yeah. walk by feet? Or just crossing the Nile River. But he says, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, when he says that he will, he will take his people, he will bring his people back into Egypt by boat. Right. That is exactly what happened to the Boers. Right. Yes. The Boers um, progenitors whom arrived in the Cape were believed that they were brought back to Egypt because when they started <laughs> tracking, they continuously looked for the Nile. And in, in fact, north of Pretoria, there's a river that was called the Nile River. Right. Very interesting. Very interesting. Can, can you, can you, yeah, okay. In fact, they were even called they were even called, these people, these Boers on track, were called right. Jerusalem of Jerusalem Hangers. We were on our way to Jerusalem. That was what they stated. Yes. They, they were yeah. named that in history. The, the history, history books mention that these Jerusalem seekers or these Jerusalem goers, that is exactly what um, right. they were called. Okay. And the, the testimony... The testimony, the pastor, there's so many of these uh, prophecies. If one starts dissecting the, the prophecies in the Hebrew language, it just, it, it blows yes. one's mind to realize that this was the history of the Boers. Yes. Uh, well, uh, uh, what we're finding out, what we've already found out in our brief discussion so far, is that the arrows point at the two mm. houses of Jacob. The arrows are pointing at the two houses exactly. of Jacob, not to two individuals. Although any two individuals you might name would be of the house of Jacob. Okay? 
But we're going to analyze the symbolism, and we'll find out no matter what, it always symbolizes the two houses of Jacob, yeah. period. Okay? So let's continue here. Uh, Brother yeah. Abair, uh, are you familiar with – past- yeah, okay, quick question. Are you familiar with Pastor – all right, go ahead. Go ahead and ask your question. Go ahead. What is what is very important is that we must realize that the true house of Jacob have lost their identity yes. because of the fact that Father Yahweh brought over the house of Jacob exactly what was prophesied. If one looks at the Deuteronomy, I know I've mentioned Deuteronomy 28 on numerous occasions. If one follows Deuteronomy 28, one will see that Father Yahweh said this to Moses, that because of the disobedience of the house of Jacob, when and after they had taken the promised land, Father Yahweh would test them. To see if they continued in his in his laws and his um, instructions and his commands and his um, uh, um, uh, the, the ten words that he gave to Moses. Uh-huh. Um, okay. And, All right. <clears throat> okay. And also his feasts. Right. His feasts are so important now because of the fact that the house of Jacob, the whole house of Jacob, had fallen into idol worship. Had fallen into um, yes, the whole total house. disobedience to his laws. The two houses. Yes. They had experienced. They had experienced. First of all, what he warned them. He said he will send the sword after them. Yes. And after he sent the sword, he will test them. And if he tested them and they were still then disobedient, he will again send the sword. Right. And he will then disperse them. And after the dispersion, he will test them again. Right. So this is a phase after phase after phase. Amen. Father Yahweh tests his people. If they're yeah. disobedient and they have fallen into yeah. idol worship, in right. spite of the fact that they had been or they had the, the sword on their backs, right. he would again send the sword. And that and, is exactly what happened. Amen. In, and to this and to, day, and to Israel worldwide, still, right? To our people we worldwide. Still have Father Yahweh's, we still have as Boers, we still have Father Yahweh's swords yes. against the Boers because of the continued disobedience of the Amen. Boers and the Boers leaders, the so-called yes. fathers of the Boers. Amen. Pastor, I can, uh, <laughs> I can give you hours and hours. Yes, we could. Historical <laughs> evidence of exactly this that happened. And it was the once, actually the twice that the Boers had turned to Father Yahweh and made a covenant with him that he attempted to show the Boers, this is what you need to do to come clean. Right. And yet the Boers felt into their own, I would say, their own deceit, a deception. Right, right. self-deception. Of, um, yep. Like... Like uh, President Paul Kruger, who uh, openly declared that he was the president of the mightiest, yet the smallest nation. The mightiest because we had uh, beaten the whole of the British um, army in the 1881st Anglo-Boer War. Yes, as did America. (laughs) As did America. (laughs) Okay. Now, what we called in in South Africa, what the Boers called a covenant, uh, or a gelofte um, in in their history, the Americans, the the pioneers in America, called a a, um, a, a, a confederation. They confed a confederate with Yahweh. Right, right, yeah. And that uh, turned I'm into right. yeah. That's correct. That, that was uh, U.S. Constitution. This, yeah. Okay. What what the the pioneers in America uh, separated from the rest was the fact that they were confederates. Yes. In other words, we call ourselves gelofte folk, people of the covenant. Uh-huh. The Americans called themselves confederates because they made a confederation with yes. Yahweh. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, because uh, we're halfway through the show already, and there are several other uh, choices I want to give our listening audience as to who the two witnesses are. Brother Abair mentioned uh, a lesson by Pastor Sheldon Emery. 
Sheldon Emery was a very, very popular Christian identity broadcaster and teacher. In fact, I knew him personally, and he taught me personally on several occasions. Okay, his idea of the two witnesses was, number one being the law, would have to be the law of the Old Testament, and the word, which, which is Moses. Yeah, okay. So it, that could be interpreted as coming from both the house of, both houses of Jacob as well. Okay. Because when uh, the, the law was given, uh, and the word, and the word could be considered as the teachings uh, above and beyond the law. So, but again, only Israel, only Yasharal was given the law, so that's very close as well. But what I would like to uh, introduce here yeah. is, well, let's go back into the article very briefly, because this article does bring it up. It does bring up the, uh, the book. You, you mentioned Zephaniah, and this article brings up the book of Zechariah. So let me go into it right here. There is an interesting passage in Zechariah 4 that gives us a prototype yes. of the two witnesses of Revelation. Zechariah has a vision in which he sees a solid gold lampstand. Now, let me ask you, Pastor Martins, is not the lampstand, otherwise known as the menorah, a symbol of Israel, true Israel, true Yasharel, true Yasharel? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Yes, and that is also one of the symbols that the Edomites have attempted to duplicate with the nine yes. uh, um, candle, nine, nine uh, candle lights, right, which originally had only seven. Okay, I think that the, the two they exactly. added are the House of Edom and the House of Ashkenazim. <laughs> okay, all right, so their symbol is a false menorah. Quite possible. Yes, okay. Now exactly. here's... Here's the other one, and it, the other symbol is a olive tree. What does the olive tree represent, if not the two houses of Jacob? The house of Jacob. House of Jacob. There it is, folks. Yes. Okay. Again, your initial statement that these symbols, the two witnesses, are the two nations. We are those witnesses. Two witnesses, but Pastor yes. Emery, Pastor Emery made a really good point because it could also be considered the Old Testament and the New Testament. Two witnesses, right, of the house of Israel, the Old Testament, uh, the uh, testimony of Moses, the New Testament, the testimony of Yeshua. And who are the people that have these two witnesses? Certainly not the Jews. Okay. Certainly but, not the um, Judeo-Christian that, churches. That's true also. Because they deny any, any, um, uh, any value in what is termed the Old Testament. I, I call it the Tanakh. The I, Tanakh, right. I have a problem calling it an Old Testament because Father Yahweh never intended to die, so he wouldn't give his people a testament. He would give his people a living covenant eternal covenant yes amen the two olive trees and the two olive trees are symbols of the two houses of jacob okay they can also right. be the old testament however yahweh decides he wants to divide us up <laughs> the old testament and the yeah. new testament are also exclusive symbols of our people, the house of Jacob. Okay? I don't, and, well, okay, if we have two individuals, I would say it would be Moses and Yahshua, not Moses and Elijah or, or Moses and somebody else, because Moses symbolizes the Old Testament, Yahshua symbolizes the New Testament. Okay? So I think the article is yeah. really close to the truth by. Uh, picking up on Zechariah chapter 4, okay? So, now, the I have to add this before, b before we go any further. I'm going to be quoting from my article on the uh, Revelation Unfolded, 
which is, I'll have to put the link in it. And the, the, the context within which the two witnesses are discussed in the book of Revelation is the context of the little book. The little book. Mm. Okay, now, this all happened in the days of Martin Luther. The, uh, just before Martin Luther tacked his 95 theses on the door of the cathedral, the printing press was invented about uh, 40, 50, 60 years before then. Okay, This was the first time in history that the mm. average Christian, who uh, wouldn't, I shouldn't say average, but wealthier Christians could afford to purchase a Bible. Otherwise, you had to have a scroll, you know, about uh, uh, two feet thick or, or, or very a uh, hundred feet long, right? That, that it had to be handwritten. Now, with the, yes, and then it would only represent one or two of the books of the scriptures. Right, exactly. Even then, it would only represent the Bible yeah. as we know it. Okay, so but yeah. the interesting thing, as we said earlier. The two witnesses would be laid out on the street for three and a half years, okay? But no human beings, or certainly no Israelite uh, or Jacobite men, have been laying out on the street. This is this is figurative language, folks. It's not to be taken literally. Yeah. They are they are not men or women, okay? Or but we men and women represent those. Go ahead. It is literal about uh-huh. the symbols right. used. The symbology okay. is tremendous, but it needs to be interpreted literally, but not necessarily, for example, as individual human beings. Right. Um, those two witnesses can be any, uh, even any object that is commissioned by Father Yahweh for the purpose of being a testimony or a witness. Yes, yes. So that's three and a half years, uh, literally three and a half years of uh, the period in in which the Roman Catholic Church was persecuting the the leaders of the Protestant Reformation. There was a period of three and a half years in which the Roman Catholic Church murdered, literally murdered, and they tried to murder Martin Luther also, but he was rescued by one of the Christian lords. So what they did, the Roman Catholic Church, they invited the leaders of the Protestant Reformation to Rome for to give testimony. But what happened was when those testimonies, te- testamenters <laughs> uh, came, they were murdered and never, never to be heard from again. So this this yeah. created a dark pall upon the land of Europe, and no uh, Protestant reformers dare go to Rome ever again. Okay, and this is actually what precipitated yeah. Martin this, Luther. Okay, go ahead. Something else. Something else that needs to be considered as, uh, as well. Was Calvinism ever part of the Reformation? That's a good because question. Calvinism, in in its own was exactly the same as Roman Catholicism, just with a different coat. Right. Um, In fact, Calvinism was even a fiercer um, oppressor and persecutor of the truth than Roman Catholicism was. Wow. To give you an example, once the Boers arrived in the Cape, they were never persecuted by the Roman Catholics or Roman Catholicism, but they were persecuted and even crucified by Calvinism. Yes. Now, the same, the same evidence is also to be seen in the, in the true history of Indonesia, in the true history of China, even in Japan, in Vietnam, wherever the Rome, uh, wherever the, the Dutch East Indian Company had their stations, their, um, uh, their ports of, of call, or yes. their ports where they had uh, set up trading stations, yes. the history of those people is virtually exactly the same, where under the name of the, the Christ of 
In, in fact, in some of these countries, they were speaking of the Dutch Inquisition. If the people refused to accept Calvinistic Dutch Reformed Church as their religion, they were murdered. Right. Not by the ones and the tens and the hundreds, but by the thousands. Amen. And people Amen. don't realize this, that in South Africa, we have been oppressed by Calvinism to the extent where we don't even realize the extent of the oppression that we have been subjected to. We never knew that the Boers, uh, uh, progenitors, were crucified in the Cape. We didn't wow. know about that until the evidence started raised, uh, getting um, yeah. uh, uh, raised. Yeah. Also, also, we were led to believe that the Boers, progenitors, were Huguenots, uh, or that had the same history as the French Huguenots, Right. That arrived in the Cape. Now, some some of the historic evidence is that 176 um, French Huguenots came to the Cape. Now, do the comparison. 176, some sources say 202, and that is the greatest number that I can find, which is historically um, uh, historical evidence of the French Huguenots coming to the Cape. Right. Now, the history of the... <laughs> 202 Calvinistic French Higanos is being projected onto the more than 56,000 progenitors of the Boers who came from Germany and the Prussian Republic uh, and, and uh, a few from Switzerland, a few from Sweden or the Scandinavian countries, but predominantly thousands and thousands more from Germany and from Prussia than from any other country, including the French Huguenots. Now, the French yeah. Huguenots, whom were also Calvinistic, they came to the Cape as the guests of the Dutch East Indian Company because okay. they were also Calvinistic. Uh-huh. And the Boers, the Boers had to pay, they had to pay with a return uh, payment to right. the Dutch East Indian Company and... Um, make themselves available as white slaves for a period of 50 months. Right. Because it was a, an amount of 150 Reichsdalders for those Boers as um, oppressed and persecuted individuals, non-Christian. In fact, if we, one looks at the historical uh, um, um, composition of the Boers that came to the Cape, right. there were a few Lutherans, Right. There were a few Anabaptists and a few Mennonites. And the rest of those Boers were never Christians. They did they were persecuted by Christianity, the two um uh, uh, legs of Christianity, the one being the Dutch uh, sorry, the Calvinism, uh, Protestantism and the other being the Roman Catholicism. Right. Calvinism they came to right. the Cape. Yes. They came with to the Cape with the label that they were they were labeled as Pater Jotus. And Pater Jot is German for Father Jot because they could not speak about Father Yahweh okay. because of the fear that they would be persecuted for not believing in the God of the Christianity. Yeah, Father Yahweh. So they yeah. so they spoke about Father Jot. Of course the first uh, Letter of Yahweh's name is uh, the Yod. Hebrew Yod. Yod Hey Vad so they, Yes. They, that's right. They they okay. attached or they had the label attached to them as Pater Yoders, okay. which became the word Patriot. Right. Very good. Outstanding. Uh, that uh, we can talk about that more on an, actually another show. We could devote a whole show to that idea. But here, let, here's what I have to say. Yeah. I just pasted a link to the Revelation Unfolded Part 1 in the chat room. And it says this, The little book is the Bible, which previously was a number of large scrolls, now made small by the invention of the printing press, and thus available to more yeah. and more people. Of course, only Christians. Nobody yeah. else cared about it. The first typeset Gutenberg Bible came off the press in the year 1455. 
The sea is the peoples of nations. The land is the true church or congregation, which can only mean Christian Israelites of the dispersion. The Protestant movement gave the little book, not Calvinism, but the true Protestant movement gave the little book to the people. Okay? So far, so good? Understand? That's the context in which the two witnesses are presented, right after the little book. Okay? So here... And that, that's when Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the Wittenberg Church. Now, let's get into the two witnesses, okay? The people who swallowed the little book. Now, of course, you don't swallow a book. You swallow the information mm. contained in the book, right? The book of Revelation yeah. is all figurative imagery, there's hardly a literal word yeah. contained in that book. So you have to know Israel's symbols. You have to know our symbols to understand it. And if you are a Judeo-Christian or a Jew, there's yeah. no way you can understand it. You have to be a member of yeah. the Israel Identity Church, okay? So, now chapter 11. Here's where the two witnesses come in. The two witnesses and the beginning of the third woe. The story of the two witnesses is about the continuing struggle between the Holy Scriptures to the people of the European dispersion, the two houses of the twelve tribes, Israel and Judah, collectively known as the house of Jacob or as the house of Israel. Verse 1. A measuring rod laying out the kingdom that is to come. Yes, Yasharah. Forty and two months. 1260 years, or we, we already talked about the condensed version, the three and a half years in which the two witnesses lay uh, dying or dead in the streets. Okay? Since I understood already hmm. that the two witnesses were, in fact, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and the Roman Catholic Church had been suppressing the, the, the scriptures from the, the the rest of Christianity, namely the Protestant movement, they, and they were murdering witnesses of the Protestant Reformation. That is the three and a half years that they lay dying in the street. And I compared that to like modern Christian, and well, they all, all own a copy of the Bible, but they don't understand it. Most of them don't even read it. So it's just, a, a, symbolically, it's like a Bible laying on your coffee table that's never opened. It's right there, right in front of you, but it's dead. It's a dead book. The Old and New Testaments are dead books as far as the vast majority of Christians in the world today is concerned. Your comment. Yeah. Um, Pastor, um, in, in, insofar as what you're saying, I have some historic evidence that uh, uh, would actually put it Total different um, aspect to it, but I don't okay. think we should discuss that at this stage. Okay. What I do believe is that that um, the the, um, the the persecution that we're going to find or that we are already in is a persecution of our minds. Right. We can see that, for example, with the COVID, the disinformation that we have been uh, uh, absolutely we've. we've uh, I, I think it is very clearly defined in the book of Ephesians, written by Paul, where he says that by using our weaponry, our spiritual weapons, we can defend ourselves against this spiritual wickedness in high places. We see a corruption of nation leaders. We see a corruption of governments. I don't think there's a government on this planet today that has not been infiltrated by the Edomites. That's right. And controlled by the Edomites to the extent where the people are sold out. Every nation is sold out. Amen. Uh, by deception um, by their own so-called leaders. leaders. That's right. Yes, yes. So, so we see that uh, the point I'm trying to make here is this was a literal fulfillment of figurative language in the days of Martin Luther mm. when those two witnesses were being mocked, laid out in the open, okay, in the little book. 
all right? Because the Roman Catholic Church was trying to suppress the publication of the Bible in anything other than Latin. Why? Because they controlled the Latin language. The, the Christians that came into the Latin churches had no idea what they were hearing, right? They didn't know their language. And so they were actually, the Bible was being hidden from them. Okay? Yes, and yeah. Bram says, Boers are strong mm. Yahweh followers and not modern Christians, as Christianity was contrained by Constantine in 325 at the Council of Nicaea. Yeah, that's exactly correct, right? So what we call Christianity, and Pastor Martin's brought that up earlier, which was created at the Council of Nicaea and by Constantine, is already a false version of Christianity because tr- true Christianity involves the two houses, okay? The two mm. nations, the two separate That's nations, easy. okay? It's always, the imagery is always our imagery and not that of any other people, certainly not imagery coming from the Jews, okay? So that's extremely yeah. important. Uh, so uh, I think at this point we could say, Pastor, that what whoever those two witnesses are, they are of our people exclusively, whether it's the Old Testament and New Testament, exclusively, exclusively, yeah, or whether it's the Old Testament, uh, exclusively. Yeah, exclusively, you may emphasize that, <laughs> right? Uh, two nations. Yeah, but yeah. something. Well, something that uh, we perhaps need to emphasize as well is that. Judeo Christian churches don't read the scriptures. That's right. They read individual verses that suit their um, their mission or their agenda, and uh, and I've seen it on so many occasions. The minister uh, uh, reads, for example, a verse out of this book of the Bible, and then he goes to that book of the Bible verse, and then he relates to a story that happened at the school with his children or at the previous day's sport, yes. the Sabbath day sport that they entertain and that they propagate because that is all part of this uh, oppression of the truth right. of Yahweh because they, they deny the seventh-day Sabbath. They worship this, this on the Sunday. They named it the Sunday so that they can worship their God on the Sunday. Day yeah. that they named the Sunday, right. etc. So these Judeo-Christian churches don't preach scripture; they preach their own ideologies. Yes, Judaism, <laughs> and they would like to base it on the scripture. For, yes, for the purpose of giving some form of um, backing to their claims. Yes, that they yeah. have the truth. Yes. So, uh, getting back, the, the two main symbols of the two witnesses are the the olive trees and uh, and the uh, oh, what was the first one? Now I forget uh, the, uh, the the lampstand, the menorah, the, the menorah. So, so the, the yeah. two groups that bore these two symbols are the house of Judah and the house of Yasharel or Israel. Okay. Again, the two witnesses always yes. belong to now, us and no no other people, certainly not the Catholic Church or any other form of Judeo-Christianity, and certainly not to the Jews, okay? Uh, please continue before, before I read again from that article, which is excellent in bringing the fact that it brought up the chapter 4 of Zechariah. Back to you. Yes, Pastor, uh, what also needs to be said is that one cannot deem that everything which is translated into the what we know as the Bible, there's a reason why the Bible has a a Greek name, okay, which of course is related to Biblios, is because that the as the Messiah prophesied and he instructed, he commanded his disciples to be aware of the. Um, leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Yes. Now, Herod stands as a public or as a state representative in the time of the Messiah, but it is also a a, a full indication as to a, a, a state 
representative whom will introduce his leaven into the scriptures somewhere in the future, who, of course, was Caesar Constantine. But this, the leaven of the Pharisees is something that has been occurring in every translation of the Bible. And if one, for example, starts comparing the Hebrew text of the Bible, or the Hebrew texts, and you compare the various translations against the Hebrew text, you will find that there are numerous verse, verses in the Hebrew text which is totally neglected to be translated into any of the Afrikaans or English translations. And this I've seen so often, and even portions of verses which follow the Hebrew text, and then all of a sudden it changes. There are things added to verses which don't appear in the Hebrew text. And yes. then there are verses where only part of the, the Hebrew text is translated into a verse. Uh, and at, at it is just mind-boggling to see how the translations of the scriptures have been uh, humbugged right. by the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Right. Okay. So we have several uh, choices here. We have Pastor Emery's uh, indication that it's the law and the word, or I would define it as the law and the prophets. Because those are the words that Yahshua yeah. uses as, as a reference to the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the law and the prophets, okay? And the New Testament is the yes. fulfillment of most of those prophecies, okay? Uh, we have the two lampstands. Exactly. We have the two olive trees. We have Israel and Judah. We have Old Testament and New Testament. As, there's one more I would like to throw at you for your consideration. I just posted it in the chat room. Yes. Isaiah 43.1. And I'm going to quote it. Now, this is what Yahweh says. He who created you, O Jacob. There's two different verbs here. He who created you, O Jacob. And he who formed you, I'm just going to use it as it's written. Who formed you, O Israel. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. And this is from BibleHub.com. So he uses, Yahweh here uses two different verbs. The, the verb that's used to create uh, the Israel people or the Adamites in Genesis chapter 1 is bara, meaning to create. But when Jacob was yeah. wrestling with the angel, then it says he was his name was changed from Jacob to Israel. And there he says, I formed you. Oh, Israel. In other words, Yahweh is telling, he made a change in Jacob, in the Jacob people, that they would be more conforming to his word, okay? So here we see the difference between the two yeah. verbs in this verse. Your comment here. Uh, Pastor, yes. Um, if one looks at the translation in, on, 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 uh, I think it is... Um, Genesis 39, okay. where Jacob's name was changed. Yes. That change does not even, the word Israel has no Hebrew meaning whatsoever. Okay. Yashar El, which um, is, is a closer translation or which is uh, evident in the definition, which also is seen further on in, in, in the scriptures, that Jacob's name was changed to Yasharel, which represents the prince of Elohim. Okay. Now, in the in the uh, subsequent naming of Jacob's sons, the scriptures in English relate that to Prince Reuben, Prince Benjamin, Prince Joseph, etc. Whereas Esau's sons are called dukes. Yes. And it is two separate words that define these two descendants of the two, what we deem to be two brothers, I say, two half-brothers. They have a common mother, but not a common father. Right. And okay. it is very evident that this is with a purpose that we are given this in the Hebrew text. Yes. That, Hebrew, um, uh, that Jacob's son are different than yes. Esau's sons, very clearly. Yes, yes. Okay. If one also looks at the, the time when yeah. 
when Rebecca was um, pregnant with the two, uh-huh. and these two were battling in her womb, yes. she went to consult with Father Yahweh, and she said to Father Yahweh, why am I living if this <laughs> is what is happening to me? Right. And Father Yahweh said, if I can relate it in my own words, Father Yahweh said, in your belly, in your womb, there are two nations, two different in people. Fact, what he says there, and that's translated. Yes. Two separate races. Two nations, yes. Are in your womb. Amen. But he says there, not just two nations. He says two manner of people. Two manner of what people, What is yes. one manner of people against the other manner of people? Right. Two different races. Yes. Well, now, it is also in the Boer's history. It is clearly written in true history of the Boers, but the, the uh, hidden history about the Boers. Right. That two separate and distinctive races, okay. European or white races, two distinctive yes. races originally came to the Cape. From Europe. And of course, if one looks at the um, the characteristics of Eson, you look at the characteristics of Jacob, that signifies the differences between the two of them. You okay. will find these characteristics of Esau represented and clearly identified within the manner in which Afrikaners operate. Their whole char- character operates in this manner as Esau's right. descendants. Right. And again well, with the Boers, you will find that the Boers have always been the ones that were persecuted. They were they were tracking away from the persecution of Esau's descendants. And right. to the point where they reached their the own two republics, and there's a reason why Father Yahweh had given these two pieces of land which entertained or which contained the, the best of the world's treasures, gold, diamonds, every uh, other mineral that you can think of. And the Boers, because of the disobedience and because of the disobedience of the fathers of the Boers, they forfeited their right to this land, and it was taken yes. on the 31st of May, 1910. It was taken yes. by the Edomite Cape Dutch Afrikaners exactly as was prophesied in the book of Obadiah. Right, right. Okay, we're practically out of time. I have to credit Danny Schreffler for this observation that these two different verbs are being used in this verse, and I've got it right yes. here in Esord. But now thus saith Yahweh that created Bara thee, O Jacob. Jacob was the first. And he that formed thee, yes. O Israel or Yasharel, and that's Yatsar. These are two different verbs which are used. Uh, bara is used exclusively in Genesis chapter 1 where the Adamic race was created. And in Genesis chapter 2 where a member of yes. that race, namely the man Adam, was formed, Yatsar. So there was that that formation involved Yahweh breathing His breath of life, His spirit, into the man Adam, which did not take place in Genesis twenty and Genesis chapter one. You have less than two minutes to comment. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. These are the two also verbs. My network is busy falling. I could. Oh, okay. Couldn't hear it. Yeah. So, uh, my network is busy falling. Is it oh, possible that I could ask if you would want to say a prayer? Oh, for Father yes. Yahweh's people to wake up out of their, out of yes. their dream, out of this delusion, um, state yes. of illusion. Yes. Father, yes, I will. Um, I'll do that now because we're to the truth of the scriptures. Yes, amen. Thank you. We'll do that. Okay, Father Yahweh, we thank you for all the knowledge, wisdom, and truth and beauty that you have given to your people, Yasharel or slash Israel, the house of Jacob. 
We are be just beginning now to understand the full impact of your teachings. We are just beginning to understand who we really are and why we should be battling against the enemies of your people, namely the Edomites, the children of Satan crawling mm. around on this planet. We ask you for your son to come and save us. The sooner, the better. In the name of Yahshua, Messiah, amen. Okay. All right. All right. So, Pastor Martins, thanks for being my guest again today. And I think we figured out who the two witnesses are. <laughs> okay. All right. Excellent. Thank take, you very much. For take care, everybody. Praise Yahweh. Yeah, praise Yahweh. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.